This podcast is an Ascension Studios production. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Credible Sources podcast. This is Becca. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's Credible Source is a woman named Stacy Cohen. This audio is actually pulled from an interview that I did with her back in April of 2019 around her seven-generational parenting philosophy, which I think is so fascinating. If you are interested in what it's like to go through that transition into parenthood, and maybe you're not all about finding your answers in the textbooks and from the doctors, and you really just want to talk with other women who have been there and who have been through it, Stacy is exceptional when it comes to this topic. So go ahead and dive in and I hope that you enjoy. Stacy, somebody that I got to meet last year at Gabby's um, Spirit Junkie Masterclass Level 2, which was like, you guys pr- are probably tired of hearing me talk about it. My audience too. They're like, oh my God, Gabby. <laughs> yeah, they're like, enough with this masterclass, but I cannot say enough. And it was really weird if I remember right, because I actually haven't thought about this for a while. But Stacy, is it right that the night that you and I met, it was kind of like, um, I don't know. It was kind of like maybe even a, a moment away from us not meeting. It, didn't you come down to get something that you left in the room and we were all practicing our talks? So it was just like really yeah. weird. Um, you know, part of our training there with Gabby was to to really get clear on our story and our message and our why and what we're doing and why we're doing it. And uh, a few of us got together one night and here comes Stacy down into the room picking up whatever, you know. I think it was my jacket or something. I was like, oh, I left my jacket. Yeah. So she came down and then we ended up being there for the next like ridiculous amount of hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking and getting to know each other. But, um, you know, what I've really, uh, you and I had an instant connection for sure. And what I really love about you, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it at some point in this is, um just your philosophy as a parent. And those of you who have been following my work and what I'm doing know that I'm really passionate about this transformation we make into parent, like as we become parents, as we become mothers. And what I'm really trying to do and encourage people, other people to do is to like, look at that time as have a paradigm shift around that time, you know, to look at that time differently and as a more sacred moment, not just this like mechanical, like, (laughs) oh, I'm a mom now, like, and it's supposed to be this, or, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a father now, and I'm supposed to do these things, and to just be a little more intuitive about it. So um, we will learn about everything that Stacy has had going on, but do you just want to start off by just a little rundown introduction on you and what you've got going on now? Sure, sure. Yeah, that was a serendipitous night, because I wrote basically my talk for Gabby that night because I had to tell some big truths. Um, And so thank you for holding that space with the other girls that were like, yeah, just get up there and do it. And I was like, okay, I'm used to being the one that encourages everybody else to do it. So that was a big breakthrough during that week. So my name is Stacy, like we've said 500 times. Um, I have been, I am a mom of a now 26 year old and I was an educator and a high school dean of students for majority of my career. I've worked with um, tons of age groups and 
I started my career in education as a Waldorf teacher. I dove deep into anthroposophy and basically spiritual parenting before spiritual parenting was like a thing that it is today. I, um, I had this baby girl at 22 years old and which is really young for our generation, I think to have children that, that young. And I just knew something inside me, this was going to be such a spiritual journey of knowing love like I had never known before and creating and working with like who Ariana, that's my daughter's name, who she was, who she would become, like was this like molding clay, like chipping away marble and like allowing her to become who she is and through all of the work that I have done in as a teacher and as a high school dean, really understanding and loving every step of the process and like parenting for now and parenting for the road ahead at the same time. And it's like this beautiful like infinity symbol to me of like raising another human being. It's, I think it's some of the most spiritual work we can do as, on the planet. Um, Ariana, I come from a long line of moms, not, daughters not getting along with their moms. Um, it's a pretty vulnerable thing to share. My mom actually gets kind of a little upset when I share it, but it is true. We have a lot of big conversations around it. And I changed it with Ariana, like dramatically changed it with her because I really wanted to do the deep soul work of myself and the really the deep understanding of who this person is. Um, I really believe that the moms in our families are the ones that kind of like they hold so much of the emotional energy, the vibration in the house. You think of those kids that when we were growing up, like the kids that never played at their own house, but were always at somebody else's house. There's a reason why. Like, it's not that that house was bad or something, but like there was an energy, a vibration in that house that the kids wanted to leave. Then there were the kids that everybody seemed to go over their houses. So when we like think about that, like, oh, the reason they wanted to go over those houses all the time, or myself, I always wanted to go to this one other friend Stacy's house, is because the energy in her house was so yummy and inviting and so good. And so who was who's the one that kind of creates that? It's the moms. Yeah, the dads have a big part of it too, for sure. I'm not like this kind of feminist person that's like all about the woman and forget about the man. No, I am bow down to the men in our lives. And there are some beautiful, beautiful men on this planet. And thank God for them. I just, it's the moms that create that energy. So um, I've done a lot of work with kids, a lot of work with parents. And I love to help moms really embrace that energy that they want to create in their homes so that they can have the dynamics that they are desiring in that household. And it starts with us, the moms. It's not fix the kids. There's nothing wrong with the kids. No, I have often say, no little child lays in bed thinking how they're gonna ruin our day. Like they don't like be like, okay, well then I'm gonna throw the oatmeal on the floor and then I'm gonna throw a fit about the socks that I'm wearing. Yeah, that's really gonna set mom off. Like that's not how kids think they can't, they actually are, can't think like yeah. that. They are just in it. And so what we do as parents is like learn to like swim and 
ninja moves and like all the different tools and the tip, the like the spiritual practices that we do to grow our emotional health that creates that energy and vibration in the home. And that's like, I get super passionate about that. Yeah, super passionate. You're just so <laughs> mind blowing, just so mind blowing. Um, before I even like comment on anything that you just said, I think this is a good segue. Are you open to talking about the seven generational yeah. parenting? Because yeah. that was really what, um, whenever, you know, obviously whenever we got to chatting last year at Kripalu, that was what really, I'm hearing you talk about it. And I'm just like, you just like invented this. You just like, you thought, yeah, like I'd love to share that. Fun. So I think that a lot of the people who are listening, at least from my end, you know, a, a lot of what they're sharing with me are the, the challenges as a new mother or as an expecting mom, who's like, what am I going to do? And, and just the human aspect of it, that, it, you know, we're not just pregnant and expecting this baby, but we're also wondering how we're going to pay our bills and what we're going to do about work. And if we're going to get maternity leave and how the birth is going to go and who's going to watch the kids and what are they going to eat and what are they going to wear and all this other like stuff that we later find out doesn't really matter so much. But in the moment, it's just, it's just so important. And you talking about your framework, you know, I'm not even sure how you refer to it, but that's kind of how I see it as this gift that we can pass on with these. Like, so we froze for a second. Hey, froze. Oh, hello, hello. Sorry, you're good. So weird. So I'm not sure if you guys could still hear me or not, but can you just talk about? Talk about your deal. Talk about this framework yeah. that you have. And it's just so beautiful. You guys are going to love it. <laughs> so the seven, seven generational parenting is um, a philosophy that I started when I was pregnant with my daughter. And my husband at the time, um, we had just learned about like a Native American philosophy of do unto the earth that has an impact for seven generations. So thinking about that, like, not buying plastic water bottles, like all of the things that we can do to like care for this earth, what is in our power and in our value system, like let we can, you know, we do that. And I was like, wow, that's a beautiful concept. Thank you, Native American philosophy. I'm not sure where, what tribe said it, but it came from that. And I said to him, wouldn't it be cool if you could do that with people? And we were like, no, oh, that's kind of cool. What's that about? I said, I, don't know. I think it's like, what if you can really like parent from an intentional conscious place that has an impact for seven generations ahead, just like you want to have an impact for seven generations ahead on the earth. And Michael and I, Michael, number one, I have two Michaels in my life. So Michael, number one, Ariana's dad, who's an amazing man. He said, that's beautiful, Stace. I really love that. I said, yeah, let's really think about how we want to heal our own things that happened in our lives that were challenges for us as as children because and our ch my child had challenges it's not like let's take away all of them but like let's really reflect on what worked and what didn't work for us and make conscious choices about how we want to raise ariana and um so it started out with like a ton of curiosity like i am insatiably curious as a person but also turning that towards our children. I love to encourage parents to really notice 
what your child looks at when you go to like Target or something or Whole Foods or whatever, what they don't look at, what they like, what toys just seem to like sit in their room and not get played with, what toys do get played with, what books are like for the zillionth time, I'm going to go crazy if I have to read that bloody book again, but like what books get no what? And so being so super curious about this person, this human, this other like sacred spiritual being that is on the planet that you've been blessed to care for in your home. Um, I also really love part of seven generational parenting involves um, understanding a child's love language. That was a, that's a pretty popular like every website people have like done quizzes, you know, your five languages of love. Well, your child has languages of love as well. And so a child's language of love for a young child, like, is that child super affectionate and always wanting to cuddle? And like, sometimes as moms, I'm like, oh my God, can I have my body by myself for a hot second? Yeah. But like, maybe that child's love language is really about affection. And so then how do we like work with that, uh, that desire and need in that person to parent them from that point of view, because really clearly affection is something. We all have all of the languages of love, but some of us are more drawn to others. Like my daughter, for instance, like hundreds of little tiny pictures with a rainbow on it or a horse or like all the things like gift giving is a language of her love. You yeah. Know, handing me, like, she, I remember there was a time where she was playing soccer <laughs> and she was not the greatest athlete at all. It's okay. <laughs> She was picking flowers and ran off the field to hand me a little bouquet of like dandelions. Like that's her language of love. And it was like, I could have been like, what are you doing? Get back out there. Or I've been like, or take it and be like, those are lovely. Thank you. Hurry up, get back with your team. Like with a smile and like a, like a love, not because I knew that that's something that is helps her express and stay connected. So that's another part of seven generational parenting. Um, I love, really asking a lot of questions and creating spiritual practices with our families. You know, a lot, I, I definitely fell into um, Waldorf education, which really is so based in so much spirituality and connection to something greater than ourselves with our children. But our children love that kind of stuff, like light a candle on at dinner before dinner and go around and say, you know, something that made you smile today. It depends on the age of the child. Like, you know, little kids, it's where it was something, what was funny in school today or, you know, all of those things, but like really with a lens from the adults of like understanding the soul of who this person is and working from that place as a parent. And then as a teacher, I mean, doing that as well, you know, really, I think the greatest teachers are the ones that give the most attention to all the children equally. And that's a really, really fine skill to like, yes, there are children in, our, in classrooms that can be annoying. There are children in our homes that can be annoying. And like, but like, it's not about to not take it personally. They're not being annoying to us. They're like, something's going on. Something's needs to not like under a microscope, it needs to be figured out, but like step back for a second. The, and if, if I could leave one like legacy on this planet, I would encourage all adults that work with children or parents to not take things personally mm -hmm. because kids aren't like, like I said in the beginning, lying in bed, wondering how they can screw up our day. Sometimes teenagers might, but that's like further down the road. And like, then that's also information, you know, it's all yeah. information.
So seven generational parenting is also about healing the generations behind us. Like what worked, what didn't work, what we want to change for future things. Well, I love that because I'm trying to like make mental notes and I'm actually going to like grab my. <laughs> yeah, take notes, ask any questions. Well, and because as you're talking, I'm like, I need to ask that. I need to mention that. Um, so I think the, the biggest thing, because I, I'm realizing this too, you know, like my children are four and two, so they're young, they're close together. I'm learning every single day. I'm frustrated almost every single day. I'm, you know, hitting challenges every single day. But, you know, what I really think that um, I may have been able to experience that a lot of people don't is having somebody with the same philosophy. Am I slowing down? I just want to make sure you guys can hear me. Okay. With the same, like similar philosophy as you early in my whenever I was still pregnant, because I really think that if we can have that in the back of our head when we're pregnant, then when we have our children, it's like, you're knowing you're growing this separate being inside of you instead of a, like a chore, you know what I mean? And I think that's a sound so bad, but you know, sometimes we get so like fed up with our own kids because we're looking at them as just like, um, one more thing we have to do, one more thing we have to take care of as not equal to us. Um, you know, even things like, and this is just like in Becca land, you know, but things that, that bother me when we, we talk about or talk to our children is like, you know, like lying to them even, and I'm not talking about, I'm not going to get into the Santa Claus debate and stuff like that, but just saying things like, Oh, you know, mommy has to do this or mommy has to do that, thinking that they're just like oblivious, like they have no idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Just like things that you wouldn't do. You know, they're people and and they they should be honored in their differences. So whatever like title we want to put on it, whether we're getting into their love language or, you know, they're having a tantrum or they're upset or crying, it's like they're people too. And like, I also cry when I'm hungry and I'm, I'm also angry when someone makes me mad and, you know, I'm, I'm not punished for it. So I love the example you gave of Ariana with the, you know, playing soccer and going to get <laughs> because it's such a good illustration of what we can so easily do as a parent. Like, I know that I've definitely been in a situation like that before. And you like, you have to stop and be present enough with yourself to be like, Oh my gosh, like she's thinking of me and putting me first to go get me this gift of flowers. Yeah. Because she's not so into soccer and it's okay. Or even if she is like the best soccer player, you know, she's giving, like she's just coming from that place of giving and not this like human construct of from four to six where it's soccer practice and that's all you can do. <laughs> right. Do not come off that field without the bouquet of. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like every day and, and you just read about, you know, you, you read and you learn and you're talking to people and you're doing everything and trying to find out if you're doing it right. But what I found is like, there is, there's no right. There's no one size fits all, you know what I mean? And it's like, you have to be very intuitive and very connected with whatever it is that feels good to you and for your kids. And like the stipulation, I guess, is regardless of how that affects other people, regardless of what other people think, feel, want to say about you. And sometimes it can be nasty. So 
do you remember if there was ever a time that like when you guys started to think this way with Ariana that you got pushback about it or you had people in your family who were like like what are you guys oh doing? god yeah oh god yeah <laughs> I am I'm I am the the one in my family who definitely carried that torch forward of all the things, you know, Ariana jokes about her childhood scent is of white sage, you know, and like that was far out then, like the, all the things like spritzing her with lavender fairy, I used to call it like fairy water. So she'd fall asleep. It smelled like lavender. She oh, believed it was kissed by fairies. It's awesome if it helps you go to bed soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just wanted you to go to bed. <laughs> um, my family definitely raised their eyebrows a lot at some of the practices and some of the things that I did with Ariana and some of like the ways that I, look, I, I really believe the route to like really conscious parenting is for moms to get really clear on their own spiritual sense of self. And when you, and because I, I think that that is, a, somebody asked me what was like a running theme in my life. And when I left New Jersey and um, at 20 and moved to California, it was in search of some deeper truths of who I am. Why am I here? How can I, how do I serve? What is my like calling on this planet? And it is really with people. My calling is truly with people. And I just love to keep tapping into those places of like more and more connection to love and my family thought I was a wacko um, for sure. Like the organic food, you know, was like, you don't need to eat organic. Like I'm from New Jersey people. Like it's, they were not on board for the longest, longest time until things have come into fashion. In fact, I was with Ariana two nights ago in Los Angeles. I got to spend the weekend with her. And she said something about, I think it was something about, um, we were talking about this little jar bottle of kombucha that was like a mini bottle. And I said, oh, it's such a nice size bottle of kombucha. Sometimes I feel like I can't drink the big ones. And she was like, yeah, some of my friends were talking about something. And that was just another thing that I was like, oh, my mom used to do that back in the day. Yeah. Like, all of those things. And so now it's actually coming around that it's kind of nice because Ariana's like, oh, my mom's not such a freak. Yeah. After all, my mom was actually like on to some real cool stuff. And that, you know, she, um, Ariana is, she, I used to make her these coloring books with the mandalas yeah. in them. And I would draw these geometric things and like, and then she'd color them in and now they're everywhere. Like right. not to my own horn. I'm just saying like, I got really clear with who I am and what I, what was important to me. And that, translated to you know being still enough and centered enough to know that what I wanted for Ariana and for our family would be paramount to like how much my family might have thought I was cuckoo now the story unfolds that Ariana like is a thriving fully launched off my payroll 26 year old went to an amazing college like she she was definitely into all of the things that I offered her, but I was always thinking about my, who I am, why I'm here, how can I best serve and who I also wanted Ariana to hopefully become and like what characteristics I wanted her to embody. And same, this is, we're talking specifically about my own child, but remember I've worked with hundreds, 
hundreds of children in my life. And this has been like a running thread in all of the work that I do is like when I'm clear in what who I am, I'm better able and equipped to show up for this children I'm here to serve. And that gives them permission to be who they are meant to be. It's about, you know, Gabby, our favorite, one of our favorite teachers talks about um, fear or love. And it's really true. Um, it's really, really true. Are we either parenting from fear or we're parenting from love? And um, Ariana and I were standing outside uh, yesterday at CVS in Los Angeles. And this little boy in the stroller threw the rest of a water bottle out. You know, he started shaking. It was like this little water bottle. And the mom flipped out and said, what are you doing? That's our emergency water bottle in case I choke. And I was just standing there and like my heart broke for this little boy. Like the likelihood of your mother choking, like right there. I mean, they weren't eating anything. They weren't like chewing chips or like a piece of like fried chicken or anything. Like it was this mom. I just, and she looked at me, she goes, oh, I'm sorry for his um, outburst. And I was like, you have the outburst, not him. Um, <laughs> and I said, oh, well, I hope, I'm sure the likelihood of you choking is pretty, pretty low. Yeah. You know, and she, well, one time about two years ago, it almost happened. And like, do you hear that energy of fear right. like coming across? The likelihood of this woman choking and needing like literally three drops of water was so non-existent. And it and like, but it's not so much that what she said, it's like the energy behind everything. Well, it is what she said, because it sounded a little cuckoo. Like the energy behind like making that child responsible for her well-being. Mm -hmm. And that's really not what children are here for. Mm -hmm. They're they're not. We're, they're not responsible to take care of our emotions. And so back around to what I was saying around like when a woman, when a mom really is centered in her own sense of self and is able to manage her own emotions, you're able to meet and raise your children in the way that you desire. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of moms that will call me and say, my daughter's 13 years old and she won't talk to me. Will you talk to her and fix that? And I'm like, I, won't, I don't want to talk to her. I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. What in you is so challenged and feels either like a, another one of our teachers, Andy, that we talks about blocks and leaks all the time. Like what is blocking your energy or what's leaking out of you that is wanting your child, that you're wanting your child to manage your emotions. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, it's all that stuff wrapped up in a nice pretty bow. And yes, there are many days that I wanted to like pull my hair out. I cried in my pillow. I screamed in my pillow. I was a single mom for a really long time. It was pretty tough, even though I have, she's got a phenomenal dad who was super on board. Some days I was the only one around. Um, working really hard, 70 hours a week as a, a dean. You know, I, it's, it is the biggest job. And people are like, oh, it's the biggest job. No, it really is. But the work is to do on ourselves and get really like, who are your teachers? Who are the thing, the people that you want to follow and find inspiration from so that you can do your deeper healing and show up for your family the way that you want them to, to be, the way you want the energy in your home to be. It starts with us. And I can't emphasize that. I can't emphasize that enough.
that's that's how like you know the there's so many like crazy college scandals that are happening or there's like kids that get applied or um you know moms are pregnant and they apply to a kindergarten before the kindergarten like they even know if they're having a boy or a girl and like there's all kinds but like that's all through like so much anxiety it really does work out and unfold when we get more still and quiet with ourselves and do the practices that fill us up mm-hmm. yeah and do the practices that fill us up so that it's and it's not selfish to go to like a class at your center and like be with your other women or go out for like a glass of wine or whatever the damn thing is um i have a lot of moms that were like well i could go to yoga on wednesday night but really, you know, I don't know if I should do that because that will make my husband like we how, how much happier are you when you come home from that yoga class on Wednesday night? I was saying this to an actual client. She was like, Oh my God, my husband's like all over me. I'm so like lit up and alive and juicy and like happy. I'm like, then how could it possibly be selfish for you to go? Like our men want us to be like thriving. Like they're fixers in a lot of ways. Like I know my both my husbands are like ecstatic when I'm happy and doing all the things and feeling good. Oh my god, that's like they are. They feel like they're winning, and they are because they're yeah. women. Like <laughs> they want us to shine. <laughs> I I love all of this because this is exactly like we all have similar messages with our own little like flavors to it. But mm-hmm. I talk about self sabotaging so much you know because i know that we go you know we get to the level that we need to be at and we show up in in these places where we need to be but sometimes you need to push yourself a little beyond so you know maybe it's for somebody they're like i really want to go to that yoga class but they like just can't get there and they'll find every reason under the sun and i've been there too but now i can identify a lot better you know i know that that's ego i know that that's fear talking so you know people will ask a lot, well, how do you do all these things? And how do you make time for that with, you know, two young kids? And how do you do this? But you exactly like all the words you just said, I cannot serve my kids. I cannot serve my friends. I cannot serve my clients. I literally go insane. Ask my husband who might may or may not be watching if I'm not doing something that lights me up. And what really scares me and what makes me so concerned for a lot of the people, just in general, we're not just talking mom and women here, but Mm -hmm. anytime you're out of alignment, you know, you fall into this, you name it, anxiety, depression, whatever you want to call it. I just, I'm trying to. We froze for a half second. There you are. I'm not sure what's going on tonight. Sorry, guys. But, um, you know, we just, when we're not in that alignment, when we're not doing what we really want to do, it spills over into, into everything. And then we're lashing out at our kids. Then we're, you know, fighting with our partners. Then we're miserable at work. And, you know, it's just finding these little baby steps and, when that self-sabotage comes up, when that like ego voice comes up to just be like, I'm not listening to you today. Do you remember Taryn from Spirit? Mm -hmm. So she had some great advice in an Instagram post that I've been sharing with like as many people as I can talking about naming your ego. So when that comes up, it's like, you can be like, 
okay, Pam, okay, Julie, <laughs> I hear you, but I'm going to the yoga class tonight, you know, and, and it's not selfish for me to go. And yes, my husband worked all day, but I did too. And I need an hour. You know what I mean? Right, we're not talking that you're not going to be going out seven days a week. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, you're going to be in balance. You're going to find the balance. Yeah. I wanted to just interrupt because the one of the things I wanted to really say is our kids are always watching. They're watching us all the time, learning everything about how to be a woman from a, like how to be a man, how to be a person, how to be a business person, how to be like a friend. They're always watching everything. And so if you think about how that they're always watching, they're learning all the nuanced ways that you're being. So if you're like, and it's not to say you have, like, don't ever be grumpy. No, you can be real and honest. I am definitely real and honest and truthful with things with my child and with my students. When I was having a hard day as a dean, they're like, I would be like, yeah, this is a really tough day. Not like, hi. It's like, okay, there are bad days. But like, if they're always watching, like, how do you want to be your best, highest self so that you raise really like you want the I'll tell you the secret. You want to know the secret to raising self-confidence, self-efficacy children is like do the work for you mm -hmm. because they are always watching. And when they see a mom shining, when they see like a mom doing like all the things that they're interested in, whatever it is, like if I smudged Ariana with Sage before she left the house or like you're a mom that's a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and you're like, I'm right. not saving my child. But like whatever it is, like embrace who you are and embody who you are. And like you're saying, and like keep leaning into alignment. And if that's a new word for some people, it's like you, the real truth of who you are, what, you, what feels good. We know what feels good. And like the self-sabotage, that ego to bring it to what you're talking about is like, that's the part that keeps us separate and away from like, and the, it, that's the part that keeps us like with that, like longing, like, when well, I want that, I want it. I wish I had it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that part doesn't get us there. Right. Mm -mm. This is incredible. <laughs> that's really how I, I think you raise some a kid with true self-efficacy and if self-efficacy is a new concept that's like the sense of worth right that a person has um i i've asked ariana like often why does she have so much ability to go after so many things at such a young age with such like gusto i'm like oh my god if i could bottle it and sell it and she's like you did bottle it and sell it it's from you mom watching you grow into who you are and change careers at 45 years old yeah and she's like what I, and and we had to go through a lot of that like she didn't understand why I, I wanted to leave the school system and so like explaining and being in conversation is really a beautiful thing asking your kids for their opinion about things but when you know and if your kids are little like i love this um because I am more of an authoritative style of parenting. And that comes up in um, when it only give a child a choice if you're okay with which choice they choose. So like, I love giving children choices. I want them to be empowered and have ownership of their own ideas. But like, if I say to a, like a four-year-old, what do you want for breakfast? And they're like ice cream or cookies. 
Well, am I okay with them having cookies and ice cream for breakfast? No, but maybe right. I'm okay with like oatmeal with, you know, coconut sugar or maple syrup on it, eggs, or an English muffin with some jam. So you give only those three choices. That right. way you don't get into a power struggle of like wanting the damn cookie for breakfast, which is not probably going to happen. And so I love like really helping to like steer their choices, giving children choices where you're kind of still in charge yeah. of it. Yeah, I, I love it. And um, something that came up that whenever you were talking, just again, emphasizing that the work that we're doing is healing, almost like dissipating whatever came before us and setting up success or, you know, I don't even want to use the word success, but setting up our children, you know, in the future. So when we heal ourselves, we're like healing the whole, the whole thing, the whole gamut. Yeah. And I did a talk recently for a group of moms locally. And, you know, when I was talking to them, the question came up about like me being seemingly so busy and like all of these things and doing all of this stuff. And, um, which I am, you know, and I'm like proud of all the work that I'm doing, but I had to explain it wasn't, it's, it's because I see that, you know, and, and I don't know if that's translated very well for a lot of people, because sometimes it can look selfish, you know, and sometimes people do judge you that way. And that was something I really had to work through and was working through around the time that I met you, you know, it's like, um, you feel that guilt around, you know, God bless my mom who watches watches my kids so I can do stuff. You know what I mean? And I can get this work done, but you better believe every second, every minute, every hour that I'm away from them. And, you know, she's watching them out of the goodness of her heart because she loves them to pieces. Of course, you know, I'm killing it. I'm busting out work. I've got my to-do list. I'm like, I'm doing what I'm feeling very led to do to the point that I was explaining to these women. I'm like, if I don't do this, like it's, it's like bad for my kids, like in my eyes, you know what I mean? I'm like, if I'm not showing up for myself, there's no way I could serve them the way that they needed to. Not only because I'd be having anxiety around, you know, the things that I wanted to do, but also I need to like, I'm still like, I still see myself very much as a child. And again, you know, back to masterclass, we did a beautiful exercise of you know, kind of like going back. Do you remember this, Stacey? Yeah. When we went back and, and kind of like talked to and retrieved that young girl within us, you know, that young person within us that really needed tended to. And that was so just, I don't even healing for me, you know, because I was like, you know, there are still parts of you that want to grow. There will always be parts of you that long for this like extra thing. And I think that's a healthy part of being a human to be like always wanting to get to the next level and serve the next person and do the next thing and have the next thought. And exactly like you're saying, right, you know, we're tying it in how that is not only not selfish of you, but actually super amazing for it's not in service to your children. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's in service to children and that's the empowerment and legacy kind of coaching that I do that I like to talk about with people is like, that's if some of the moms that I work with, like they had some challenging childhoods or even if it wasn't that like, you know, 
textbooky challenging, like whatever their wound is, like how to work through that and honor it and release it and claim new stuff and celebrate what they're creating. It's, um, you know, if a mom is, if you grow up with a mom that was pretty depressed in your own home, like how do we create the energy in the house that we want to have when we know what we don't want? How do we create what we do want? And that's more and more getting clear about what you're in alignment with and doing that work. And, you know, there's some moms that want it. I hate when moms judge other moms and I am sure I did it as well, but like, it's so sad because what works for one family, like you said, might not work for another. Like if you want to stay at be a total stay at home mom, because that's what your soul is calling to do then step into that power and own that. Like Gabby always says, you can do anything that you, want to do we can be anything we might not be able to do it all at once but if there's a part of your life that you're like no i'm gonna like fully be home 24 7 then be home 24 7 and embrace it mm -hmm. i love it and if you're a mom that wants to work and have all these other things as well embrace it mm -hmm. just some really tired i don't want to mom shaming is such a dark right sad place and such a waste of energy for the children that we're in charge of caring for. It's such a waste of energy. Makes yeah. me sad. And I hope that that's relayed through this because by no means do like. Yeah. No mom shaming anywhere. Oh, you froze again. Yeah. Magic, you're back. Yeah. yeah, no mom shaming. No, I don't hear any mom shaming here. I'm just adding to the conversation that, like, yeah, yeah, no mom shaming, man. There, that that's a waste of anybody's energy, and especially like that. I actually, if you want to talk about what's selfish, I think mom shaming is selfish because you're not loving yourself or your fellow mamas or the children that they're in charge of raising. Yeah, and I mean, I just challenge people, you know, in my conversations. To, to really look at one of the first things that I ask people is like, tell me about your typical week. You know, to, if they're, if they're looking for change, right. If they're, if they're feeling something's not right and you know, they, they have these leaks, they have these blocks that Andy talks about, you know, I'm like, well, tell me about your typical week. Like, what does it look like? You have, they tell me they have these goals that they can't meet or they have these issues that they want to solve. And, you know, the first thing we do is go in and, and I'm like, okay, so do you really need to be spending this much time doing this? Do you really need to be spending this time with these people who aren't serving you or make you feel like garbage or you're doing these obligations for people that you don't even, you're, it's so far back here and so far like ingrained in just how your family operates that what would happen? What would your life look like if you weren't doing all of these things for everybody else? And maybe you still do. But you put yourself at the beginning of that list, mm -hmm. you know, and you feel we talk about filling your cup, right? It's like, I have to demonstrate this. I feel like every retreat I do, I like literally demonstrate it with a cup of water. You know, you don't have, I have my coffee cup, right? You know, you don't, you don't have a little bit and you pour out some for Stacy and you pour out some for Andy and Gabby. And then you're left with like this tiny little bit. That's not how it works. You have to mm -hmm. fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. And um, one of the big things that I'm really clinging to and like driving to as many people as I can this year, because I'm working with a lot of expecting moms is like, 
that fuel that we get to be able to do all of this during our pregnancies and that our babies need who we are on the other side of the pregnancy. Because one thing that I feel like really screws a lot of people (laughs) is that when we have our babies, life is so different. And we're like, I'm not that woman I used to be. I'm not the woman that, you know, my husband married, or I'm not the person that I was five years ago. And you try to get back to her. You try to, yeah, you try to get back to the schedule. You try to live the way that she did when newsflash, like your baby doesn't need that person. That took me so long to realize. And that's what my book is about this year that I'm writing. It's all about this like sacred transformation that we make into this woman that your child needs you to be. And like you're saying, when you're showing up and embracing every moment of that and really like harnessing that energy, you can awaken a potential within you that like you would have that that girl you were before your baby would have never even like be like damn yeah <laughs> you'd be like I want to be her <laughs> yeah it's the it's the yeah. gorgeous evolution I know I mean like a lot of people do want to like get back to a lot of it tips you know starts with the baby weight because we gained weight in loving energy for growing another human in our bodies but like getting back to there's nothing to get back. to too it's like an evolving into rather than like i like that you're saying that it's an evolving into rather than like a getting back to because time doesn't go that way it goes that mm-hmm. way and so mm-hmm. if you can like think about it as you're evolving into this woman and this parent this mom who hopefully has a very long delicious journey with this child yeah i'll tell you it gets better and better and better i like Ariana is 26 in two weeks. That's crazy. It's crazy to think that she'll be 26 and like how many more years we have together, hopefully are like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, for any of us, like hopefully it's just the beginning and moms just, yeah, I really encourage moms to do their own soul work and reach out to people like you and me and like find that your tribe to connect with because you your child for sometimes you have to just if you have to do it for your child because you think it's a good thing for your child, go ahead and drink that Kool-Aid because it'll also be good for you. But if sometimes parents are like, Well, will that be good for my kid? And I'm like, Yeah, like the yoga class, yeah, it will be really good if you miss her bedtime, you know, one night a week, it's going to be really good for her. It's going to be good for her. If you're doing whatever the things are that light you up and finding those things, spritz them with fairy dust and <laughs> help them go to bed earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm glad that you brought up, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's a shame that you had to, but I'm glad that you brought up the, the, like the judgment, you know, the mom shaming and stuff like that, because I do feel like a lot of it stems from there that, we see this stuff on Pinterest and we see these things in magazines and on movies and it's all just total BS. You know, it's like you have to do what you want to do, but you think that because you're scrolling through someone's Instagram and they're reading their child a story every night and they have this and that, you know, whatever you just like compare that you, you compare this story that you have of somebody else Mm -hmm. and you have to live that out. But you're right. It's like, if you need to miss bedtime or if you feel like you have to wake up early or whatever it is, like 
even if it's a little extra work, so to speak, on your part, I know that when I wake up early or when I'm doing something like this, that's just like showing up and talking about something that makes me so happy, like it's worth me being away from my kids. And I'm still that person too, that needs to be fulfilled. And that's okay. You know, and I'm like, I used to feel guilt. We all have that mom guilt. But, But like, I don't anymore. Like, I just, you know, I don't mean to be sounding like any certain kind of way, but or that I like don't love my kids because I do, but they love me more when I come home happy after having a conversation that's like what, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It's rather have the quality moments of true presence and connectedness than like maybe, well, I mean, I want the quantity and the quality, but the quality moments, it's like those are the ones that matter most. And when we, it's the soul, like you said something that reminded me of, Oh, so Gabby always tells us about, you know, chaos. Uh, comparison is a prayer for failure or a prayer for chaos. The same thing goes with any kind of comparison. It's right. it's just to separate ourselves. And that's the soul work of and the spiritual work of parenting really is to like find the the worthiness and the self-love, the deep sense of self-love within ourselves so that we parent to the best that work uh, best of our ability that works for our family dynamic not theirs or hers or his but like what works for ours and like that's really the spiritual work of parenting how beautiful is that that is like the greatest gift from god that like could ever be i think like parent another human yeah and I cannot even believe like it's five till eight already. Um, but I, have, <laughs> I have a couple of questions for you that I definitely want um, to know your yeah. feedback before we close out. So what would, in, in addition to everything we've already talked about, what is something like, what is the one thing you would tell your pregnant self? Like what's the one thing you would share with her when she like, I don't know, maybe it was like, midway through a pregnancy what would you that's a really beautiful question because i was i was barely i wasn't even 22 yet so i was still 21 ariana was born a month after i turned 22 so i was really young what would i tell her (laughs) (laughs) i would tell her a couple of things that like you're like stick with what is your truth which I did, and I was scared shitless. Um, you know that I would tell her that it's going to all work out because that's the energy and the intention that I am bringing to it. The anxiety I could have brought anxiety to it, and sure there were moments in, of anxiety and oh my god, what did I do? I'm 21 years old. What am I doing? I'm losing. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm like an after school special. Like what am I doing? <laughs> But like, really, it's all gonna, my intention was love, my intention was to like, be the best, highest self that I could possibly become. And that's still unfolding to this day. I would tell her that like, keep trust the process, trust the journey and be in the journey of fully like, curious and loving and you'll make mistakes. But you're going to learn from them and the intention to parent with such intentional 
energy of like what a gift it is to raise another human being on this planet. I would tell her that. And that, that all the like cracky, cracked up things that she's going to do with her child is going to become super popular and she'll be like <laughs> thanking me when she's older. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know, like all the, all the things I was into vision, making vision boards before the beginning of the school year, like, you know, that's going to become popular Stace. You should do that. And I, but I stayed true to what I thought, like, and I would just got into the things that called to me, get into the things that call to you, whether it's crystals, energy healing, flower essences, none of that, like go towards what calls to you as a mom. And that's where the light will shine most brightly for you and your family. I love it. Yeah, that's what I would say. What's another one? Did you have, you said you had yeah. one so I think my last question, because this is so full circle, and I had this prepped before we talked, but so you mentioned how you've always been just like so curious. The question that I had ready for you was what's really fascinating you right now? Like what's your new fix yeah. <laughs> thing that you're getting into? What new, what's fascinating me right now is it's coming full circle to how much the, our, the energy and the vibration that moms have in the house really sets the tone and the um, energy and the dynamic of how the household will be. It's really, I think that we cannot take that for granted. And I, I'm really passionate about understanding that and how to work with moms so that they get the family dynamic that like so many moms have asked how do it like, I want my family to get along better. I want my kids to stop fighting. I want my, 13 year old to talk to me starts with you. It, and it's not like, I'm not pointing the finger and saying it's your fault. I'm saying that energy that you want to create starts with us. Just like Gabby has said, just like all of the teachers say, like all the energetic work that we, and the vibration is either attracting or repelling. And the mm -hmm. same goes for being a mom in the household. Yeah. So I, I'm super lit up as you can see my voice is like getting all charged up. I love talking about it. I think it's resonating and I've come kind of full circle back to like something that I was really into about 20 years ago. I'm really into flower essences again. Yeah. I like have them on my desk. They're lovely. I used to, Ariana, I used to give her like ones with, um, in a little bit of glycerin so that they had a little bit of sweetness in them mm -hmm. and they were her her fairy drops like oh i'd have her pick flower cards and like oh i like this one mama this one mama. okay and then we go to the flower essence practitioner and pick yeah i'm kind of really geeking out on flower essences you'll again. have to share your contact with me on that because that's been something that's been interesting me but we don't have many resources over okay. Here. Yeah. I'll, put it, I'll share it in your group in the comments. And, um, I, uh, it's funny because I was doing research online again. I was like, man, I could get back into flower essences. And then I saw this book and I was like, Oh wait, I have that book. Oh my gosh. And my husband was like, what are you doing? What are you, I'm like rummaging. I'm like, I need the flower essence book. And I bought it so long ago. Like this poster was 25 cents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is so cool. So I was like, 
oh yes, I still have it. Thank God. Sometimes I go and I throw things out like where I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll never be into that again. No, yeah. this time I was like, good, I saved it. So oh my, that was so cool. You can out on the flower essences. Maybe it's also because it's spring and there's flowers everywhere. I think they're cool though. And I definitely want to learn more. So I can't wait to see. Uh, cool. You should teach a little class on them. <laughs> going to be a bonus and something coming soon <laughs> oh, that's awesome um so before we go i do want to let everybody know like where they can find you um you know if anyone wants to reach out to you or what you have going on i think now's a really great opportunity to remind everybody um for those of you tuning in that kind of hang out on my side of the world. You've seen me posting a lot about Andy Love's um, Soul Line Success Challenge that's starting tomorrow night, actually. Tomorrow. Yeah, and Stacy yeah. works with Andy. So maybe talk a little bit about that and, and where we can find you and- Sure. So you can find me on Facebook at Stacy Meredith Cohen. I don't have a, I, that's what, where most of my work is done through my personal Facebook page. So it's Stacy Meredith Cohen and then Instagram. I'm at Stacy Meredith with an underscore um, after the Meredith and it's S T A C Y. Um, that's what's going on a lot right now. I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching because I really love that juicy conversation with the moms like we've been talking about. And I would love to talk to any of the moms that are listening that would like to know a little bit more, like certainly like we can talk and see if, see how I can serve you and support you. Yeah. So I love talking about this stuff. I love helping moms. And if we made a slight impact ever so tiny in one mom tonight, then we did some really good work in allowing her to embrace her true essence and her personal power so that she can be the best mom that she's wanting to be. That's yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. And then we made an impact in the children. Yeah. And if you guys need anything from either myself or Stacy, just send us a message if you know somebody who. All right, everybody, that wraps up episode three. I hope that you found something valuable in that conversation between Stacy and I. And I really look forward to seeing you over in the next episode. If you're interested in learning more about Stacy and what she is up to now, please see the show notes so that you can find her over on Facebook and Instagram. So again, I thank you guys and I will talk with you soon.